This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Welcome to the Post Game Pod. I'm Zarar filling in for Samson Folk. Joining me today is S. S, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just had my uh, puppy graduate, but also caught a little bit of the Raptors-Milwaukee game. So it was fun. It was good. A game that has uh, not yet ended. Uh, the Raptors are up by about 10 points or so. Uh, Giannis didn't play. Uh, Lowry didn't play. Ibaka was out. So both teams really rested uh, their key starters. Maybe they were thinking they're not going to give anything away in this meaningless game. And it is a meaningless game for the most part. Uh, so so to, to, to get some meaning out of a meaningless game, I guess we have to sort of look at some individual matchups and see how some of the some of the bench performed or some of the role players performed, because these are guys you probably expect to contribute at some point in the future and you know you get these guys a run in but also man psychologically you go up against somebody and you get beat next time you play them it's going to be the back of your mind right yeah absolutely i agree with you and and also you know back to your point about the bench uh this is a good indicator of what you could potentially see for the raptors rotation as well whoever is getting the bulk of the minutes right now is most likely who Nick Nurse is deciding between to see who the rotation really is. So you see Matt Thomas, who's been balling out tonight. He played 36 minutes already. Um, he's obviously in consideration to be maybe that 8th, nine, tenth guy that could potentially be in a playoff matchup or a playoff series, depending on the matchup. Uh, I, I think you're, you're right on about the psychological aspect of this because – you know, you've been beat by the Bucks twice in the se- regular season. You obviously didn't want to make it a third time. And I know we talk about how regular season doesn't necessarily matter, but it, it does to the players in a sense where they can they can see their confidence against a certain team. And, and this one will help you kind of pick your confidence against the Bucks. Yeah, and I don't know where you're going with the ninth, tenth guy, man. To me, Matt Thomas is sixth man off the bench, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, 22 points. The guy needs no daylight. Look, he I'm makes down. contested shots, and that, that's the one thing that we got, we got to call out is that it's not like this guy's coming in and hitting like garbage time shots, or or people are leaving him open, or they're forgetting about who he is. Teams are playing him tight. Bledsoe was on him 
like no distance, a hand in his face, body to body. And Thomas still has enough dribbling skill where he can actually get away from Bledsoe, find a screen, brush off of it, create that daylight and hit with hand and face. And we just saw a play in the, in the fourth quarter where Bledsoe was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this guy. So again, body on body, Thomas drives against him and finds uh, uh, Rondé Hollis for, uh, for, for uh, he got fouled on the play, but, but a nice find in traffic. So it, it's, it's more than just shooting. He, he generally has great situational awareness and he can put it on the floor just enough so he's not a one-trick pony. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, that's kind of a misconception a lot of Raptors fans have had about him is that, you know, Mr. 99%, he was known in this three-point shooter. Everybody's like, okay, he probably can just stand in a corner and shoot. But we've started to learn that he can do a lot of other things. And one thing that has caught my eye, especially in the second half of this game, was his mid-range game. His mid-range jumper is nice. And as soon as he comes off that screen, even if there's a man on top of him, or if there's a man that's dropping too low on that pick and roll, he can easily just spot up and shoot. It's cash money every single time. So I know I know we kind of have this misconception that he's only a three-point shooter, only catch-and-shoot type of guy, but he's known that he can pull it off the dribble. He, know, he can now do the mid-range, which I don't know if this is something he's been improving on, but clearly he can add it to his arsenal. And uh, I'm kind of curious. I, I saw Robel tweet about this earlier, but I'm also curious to see how he would be put into playmaking situations, maybe be the pick and roll ball handler and and see how that works for you. You know, the Raptors had McCaw do that for a certain portion of the year. Maybe it's Matt Thomas that's the answer. And, I, and man, look, if it was up to me, I would put Matt Thomas sixth or seventh off the bench too. I'm cool with that. I'm good. I like it. Uh, yeah. And uh, as we speak, he, uh, he just uh, had a beautiful shot slash LU pass to, uh, I think it was OG. Uh, so, so he's, he's got, because he's got more bags, or sorry, more tricks in his bag. He's got a lot of bags, bags too. in his tricks. <laughs> I mean, maybe he has a lot of bags. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I no, I'll I'll say this too. I think um, it's it's between Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas. And over the past couple of games, we've seen Terrence Davis struggle a little bit. He fouled out tonight. What I think he had like ten points or something, but he fouled out. Um, and he, he was okay. He had some good shots. His shot selection is still kind of iffy. You don't know if the effort is there with Terrence Davis. And I think the effort part is something that is kind of engraved into Matt Thomas because he wasn't in that situation to get playing time earlier in the season. He was always getting, uh, you know, garbage minutes and things like that. And he really had to work for getting opportunities. I think that ended up helping him in the long run. And, um, now you see him kind of thriving in this, in this chance that he's getting. Yeah, Davis is an interesting guy because he he does look. You don't generally associate lack of effort with anybody on the Raptors, but watching his body language sometimes, watching him like not attack a seam, you do get the sense that he's sort of disheartened. Maybe the whole like you know punching holes through mass and getting a talking to from Nick Nurse and Masai. Maybe maybe he's getting over that hump. But enough about Terrence Davis. Uh, Matt Thomas is our man. We, we got to talk about uh, Chris Boucher, who, who who had an absolute monster game including one dunk where he just well he had two highlight field plays one was just a dunk in traffic over two bucks and the other one was uh, a double clutch uh layup which is uh you know reminiscent of jordan v lakers in 1991 (laughs) (laughs) am am i exaggerating i'm not Uh, let's talk about boucher before we get to some of the individual matchups here this guy he oozes confidence, oozes. Yes. I, I, I don't use the word oozes much, but I think here it's apropos. And I also don't use apropos much. <laughs> no, I I, yeah, I definitely ha- don't have the vocabulary you do, Zara. But I, I think like 
even in the Celtics game when he was playing against uh, you know the the bench, it, he he was he was picking it up. His energy is starting to pick up a lot more, and I think that was something that is really really important for Boucher. His his defensive energy kind of helps invigorate him. Oh, look, I do know words. Okay, invigorate him in a sense where he gets a little bit more confidence on the offensive end. He gets a little bit more of a. I guess I guess he feels more confident. That's the, that's the main word I'm trying to think of here is that. He, he understands his role in the offense a lot more when he makes an impact on the defensive end. That that dunk that you're talking about, I think it was off of either a, a, a block or a shot contest, contest that he had, caught the rebound, went by himself all the way on the fast break, and then dunked on Ilyasova and Middleton, which is just, it, it, it was an awesome play. I think energy is the big thing we're looking for here in the Raptors bench. And obviously Matt Thomas showed it today. Chris Boucher showed it today. And you hope that the other guys kind of pick it up too. Yeah, and let's talk about like I mean a lot of guys out, so you didn't get to see uh, you know a, a lot from either team, but you did see some uh, some matchups. The, the one that kind of stuck out in my mind was Siakam and um, and Middleton, who were guarding each other for for a bit of that second half there. And and Siakam, one thing I noticed is that he again caveat this by saying that I don't know how much you know each team is putting in effort. It, it's, it sure seemed like Middleton was trying really hard, but Siakam is able to get by Middleton fairly easily when he wants to. And, and that got me thinking, if he's able to do that in the postseason, that actually elevates the importance of Siakam's passing because that's when he's able to find out those guys in the corner and start those swing sequences. So uh, any thoughts on the Middleton-Siakam matchup? And, and do you... like? advantage who there i i think middleton is a good defender uh somewhat underrated defender as well so i i think it's it's kind of surprising that you say that he blew by him because i think you know middleton would be a pretty decent matchup he's long enough he's uh he's fairly strong to guard a guy like siakam and his length could potentially bother a guy like pascal like he shot five of 16 tonight 14.7 rebounds and then he he met he was one of seven from three which is crazy i think nurse is just giving him the green light to do whatever he wants um I would say in terms of the matchup of Middleton versus versus Siakam, I think the advantage there would go to Siakam because at the end of the day, Middleton does not have that much of a post defense um, available to him. So let's say Siakam does bring him into the post, then the, he draws the double. Then from there, he can just swing pass, 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 rotate. The ball is going to be what there's going to be a wide open shot some point, right? Um, I think that's something that the Raptors can look into, but at the same time, it's it's like take everything with a grain of salt, right? This game doesn't really mean much to either team. You don't know what you're necessarily going to see matchup wise, so I don't know if that's going to be something we see in the playoffs with them. But if Nurse is putting Middleton, uh, uh, sorry, if if Bud is putting Middleton on Siakam, that may be a, a sign of of him putting maybe. Giannis on Siakam. I could see Giannis being put on Siakam as well because I don't know who else would be. And Giannis has done a great job on Siakam yeah. this year, man. So yeah. I, I don't know. And, and I made the point in the in, in the post game article for uh, what was the game before this um, Memphis uh, that teams definitely are taking more swipes at Siakam as he's handling the ball a bit, bit more. I, I think that recognizing that the dribble isn't fully mature yet, and there are. You know ways you can probably cause turnovers if you pressure him enough. But to, to Siakam's credit, he has been better at handling the ball tighter and keeping it closer to his body. So, so adjustments being made by everybody right now as Siakam transitions more into, I guess, I guess transitions a strong word, but really handles the bar handles the ball more and more. 
The one thing I'll, I have to say, I really want Pascal to stop doing is the jump passes because I, I I'm notorious for this. When I was in high school and I was playing, I used to jump pass all the time and it would get me into a lot of trouble, not only with my coach, but I would get tons of turnovers. And I think a lot of the turnovers that we've seen in the past couple of games has been those jump passes from Pascal. And yeah, the, the dribbling has been a little bit of an issue, especially if they start to crowd him a little bit when he tries to drive into the paint. Um, but I think one of the big issues for him right now is that he needs to make a decision before he jumps. Okay, I'm going to look for Van Vliet in the corner. Okay, no, Lowry's cutting on this end. There has to be some kind of decision-making process when you're making a jump pass. And if you're going to continue to do that, either become really good at a jump pass or stop it, take it out of your arsenal, and and try to figure out a different way to make that pass. Yeah, OG has a similar issue. He did that at least a couple times today. One of them resulted in a turnover where he went baseline, jumped to find a guy, and then ended up passing it to like a Milwaukee player. Uh, similar similar issues, and and both are, you know, easily correctable if you actually just take the coaching into account and 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 sort of plan your possession a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I do think uh, one thing I'll I'll say about Siakam and and we can talk about OG a little bit here, who I guess had a quiet night, but also you know you don't expect much from twenty five minutes. Uh, I I do want OG to kind of assert himself offensively a little bit um, in the next couple of games because a lot of people are going to be giving him wide open shots. We saw that with, I believe the Celtics. And I think the game before that was the heat or or the magic where he's going to be getting a lot of wide open shots. People understand that he's probably the fifth or fourth option of the starters offensively. And if they're going to be giving you those wide open shots, if they're going to be giving you possessions to kind of do whatever you please on the offensive end, you have to make them pay. And, and if that happens in a series versus the Celtics versus the Bucks, we want you to be a little bit more assertive. So OG, I feel like in these next couple of days, I would like to see him be more assertive on the offensive end. But, um, you know, we'll see. We, we got to give uh, Norm Powell some airtime. Uh, confidence is sky high. Three for five from uh, from downtown. Uh, he's t- he's taken mid-range shots. He's finishing at the rim. Seven for 13 overall. 21 points. Uh, eight rebounds to go along with three blocks. Like, I don't know where they came from. Don't remember <laughs> them much but they're there uh thoughts thoughts on norm i mean he he's certainly somebody who's peaking at the right moment yeah uh, i i never really had any doubts that norm would figure it out you know especially after the first couple of games where he struggled to shoot the ball his legs weren't kind of under a shot and it seemed like the conditioning wasn't there yet but i think he's back and and a game like this where you get to start and and you're kind of in the rhythm of the game from the get-go, it helps him a lot to figure out his own rhythm within the game and pick his spots, pick his pick his spots to kind of be aggressive, pick his spots to be passive and, and kind of help his other teammates out. And I think that's the important part when you think of Norm and the bench in general. The Raptors have to rely on on Powell and, and Ibaka to be kind of that engine off the bench. Both of those guys are going to be crucial to them in a playoff run. And if Powell can be that offensive threat that he was tonight, that he was before the league suspended when he was dropping 30 on the Suns and, and, and 30 on the Kings, I believe it was, or the Warriors, excuse me. If he becomes that type of guy, the Raptors have this ultimate six-man type of guy who can just be a spark plug off the bench. I think he is that guy. It's just that now you're right. We, we caught him at the right time. His rhythm is finally there. I expect that to happen a little bit more over the next couple of games as well. We got to talk a little bit about uh, our perimeter defense because Milwaukee throws a lot at us. They got three-point shooters 
everywhere, right? And Kyle Korver was was obviously an amazing pickup from them. And uh, five for six, he is from three-point line. Uh, George Hill was four for eight. A lot of the other guys sort of struggled. Uh, but overall, you, you saw watching this game, you saw just how much attention you have to put pay to Milwaukee's three-point line because they are relentless. You you cannot give them an inch because they will take that three. And they are this is a team that's built for the three. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100 percent right. They they also take the fourth most amount of threes in the NBA. So, you know, they, they take them because they know they can make them. They have the potential to make them as well. And especially when you're surrounding a team around a guy like Giannis, who sure isn't that much of a of a three-point threat. You want to create shooters around them. It's it's no different than you know having like a it's it's actually it's a little bit different, but you know the Dwight Howard Orlando Magic days where he was surrounded by shooters and he was just operating in the paint, being a monster, and then he could just kick it out. Then the team would just rotate and find an open you know Hito Turkoglu or find an open Jameer Nelson. It, the the Bucks are similar in a sense where Giannis draws multiple double and triple teams, and then he can just swing it. And then there's wide open jump shots for, you said it, Kyle Korver, George Hill, even Marvin Williams, who I think is a pretty sneaky pickup for them. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Wes Matt, like they have a lot of good, good shooters other than Eric Bledsoe, other than Eric Bledsoe. I think that's the big question mark for the Bucks is if he's going to hit any shots. Yeah, Bledsoe is certainly struggling. And, uh, you know, even when uh, he was guarding Matt Thomas, uh, he, he struggled guarding him. Uh, so, uh, and, and he had a terrible playoff series last year against the Raptors too. So hopefully that continues if we do ever uh, see him. Uh, so, so one thing to, to, to kind of like round this little podcast off is one play that I really like the Raptors running is Norm coming off a curl, or even Matt Thomas coming off that curl from the from the from the corner, and you get a screen from Ibaka or Gasol, and somebody from the other wing hits them right in stride at the top of the key, and they have an option to actually shoot right there or dive in. You expect that dive from Norm, but as you mentioned earlier, Matt Thomas also gives you that little dive if yep. he, you know if, if he's pressured up top. That really adds a, 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 a dynamism to that second unit that that maybe wasn't always there. I don't mind Matt Thomas being inserted as potentially a ball handler. I mean, you, you maybe you could maybe have Powell bring it up the court, but then be be put Matt Thomas in that pick and roll situation or even the dive situation and and have him dribble handoffs and, and different situations that he kind of thrives in. There was a play earlier that I saw, and and this is just pure sharp shooting ability for Matt Thomas, where Ibaka, not Ibaka, excuse me, Chris Boucher was at the top of the arc and he pretty much does a dribble handoff. Thomas spots up automatically and just shoots it. He missed the shot, which is completely fine. But those are the type of shots that he's 100% confident in taking. And he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off the catch. He can actually be a dive guy like you just mentioned. It, it works, man. I think Matt Thomas is is kind of securing himself a spot in that playoff rotation. I like I like what you said earlier with six man. Let's do it. Uh, one thing to, do, to call out is that Norm is 6'3", uh, Thomas is 6'4", uh, undersized certainly, especially against a team like Milwaukee, so they can't shoot over them. So maybe it's not a sustainable thing for long term, but certainly in stretches, you can get away with those two handling the ball and, and providing some sort of punch, especially when the, uh, the other team's big guns are kind of resting. I'll also say this, in terms of an effort thing, like Matt Thomas, a lot of the scrutiny that he had earlier this season was that he wasn't, he just wasn't good at defense. And a lot of defense in my opinion is an effort thing and when you have terrence davis not necessarily putting the effort on the defensive end then that removes him from being an option on the bench so you know if if matt thomas is playing hard on the defensive end he's constantly going to 
get those shots from Nick Nurse. He's going to be picked over Terrence Davis at any point in time. So I'll, I'll say this now. I think Matt Thomas and Norman Powell and Sergi Baca have kind of established themselves at six, seven, eight. You could you could put Rondé Hollis Jefferson in there as well. And then between Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher, who who have Boucher has been playing well. Terrence Davis played well in the scrimmage games, didn't play that well in the seeding games. It's kind of up in the air. Uh, it's it's going to be dependent on matchups, and it's also going to be dependent on who's streakier. Because Terrence Davis is a very streaky player, and if he catches fire, then you're going to have to insert him into that that position. The final is one fourteen one oh six. The Raptors take the uh, take the game over the Bucks. They got two games left against the Sixers and Nuggets before the playoffs start. Uh, S, thank you for joining the post game podcast. Uh, Sam will be back for the next game. Uh, my name is Zarar. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us or something. I don't know. That Bye. makes sense. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. See you, man. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at myhealthpolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face, and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.